Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Welcome back to Inside Out. Today's guest is the beautiful Amy Warner. Amy is former maid of honour of my wedding, auntie to my children and all-time best girlfriend. Amy is your go-to gal for all things health and wellbeing and we have always been super aligned. Over the years, Amy and I have had some deeply passionate, self-aware and authentic conversations and a little while ago, I read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle and so did Ames. We've spent countless times in conversation from sections of this memoir and book of empowerment by Glennon that we wanted to share some of these revelations and delve into how we unpacked Untamed and shifted in our lives. But before we unpack, I know that not everyone has had the opportunity to jump into this novel. So if that's you, here is a quick snapshot of Untamed because I really want to ensure that you get some key takeaways from this conversation. On the back of the book, it reads, this is how you find yourself. There is a voice of longing inside each woman. We strive so mightily to be good, good partners, daughters, mothers, employees and friends. We hope all this driving will make us feel alive. Instead, it leaves us feeling weary, stuck, overwhelmed and underwhelmed. We look at our lives and wonder, wasn't it all supposed to be more beautiful than this? We quickly silence that question, telling ourselves to be grateful, hiding in our discontent, even from ourselves. For many years, Glennon Doyle denied her own discontent. Then, while speaking at a conference, she looked at a woman across the room and fell instantly in love. Three words flooded her mind. There she is. She realised they had come to her from within. This was her own voice, the one that she had buried beneath decades of numbing addictions and cultural conditioning. This was the voice of a girl she had been before the world told her who to be. Glennon decided to quit abandoning herself and to instead abandon the world's expectations of her. She quit being good so she could be free. She quit pleasing and started living. This book, soulful and uproarious, forceful and tender, untamed is both an intimate memoir and a galvanising wake-up call. It is the story of how one woman learned that a responsible mother is not one who slowly dies for her children, but one who shows them how to fully live. It is the story of navigating divorce, forming a new blend of family and discovering that the brokenness or wholeness of a family depends not on its structure, but on each member's ability to bring her full self to the table. And it is the story of how each of us can begin to trust ourselves to set boundaries, make peace with our bodies, honour our anger and heartbreak and unleash our truest, wildest instincts so that we become women who can finally look at ourselves and say, there she is. Untamed shows us how to be brave. As Glennon insists, the braver we are, the luckier we get. So obviously that is just a taste of how profoundly empowering this book is. Now at the start of it, it starts with a story about a cheetah at the zoo. Glennon is at the zoo with her wife and kids and the family watches a cheetah running and the cheetah chases a stuffed pig bunny attached to the back of the car. After the cheetah finishes running, Glennon's daughter Tish notices the cheetah stalking the perimeter of the cage and says, mummy, she turned wild again. It's a metaphor for the ways women are tamed from birth to patriarchy, 
As we delve into the next few chapters, Doyle writes about the way she feels she was caged by internalised misogyny, homophobia, an eating disorder that started in early adolescence, alcoholism and what became a performative marriage. Just in those first few pages, I felt so drawn to her and her writing. What was the first moment in the book you felt really drawn to, Ames? Thanks for having me today. It's very exciting. We um, have unpacked this story so many times. Yes, I know. <laughs> There's just so many key takeaways. Mm. But I remember the first, um, the first key takeaway that I took from the book was in the first couple of chapters. And it was a quote that she said to me, and I remember highlighting it in my Kindle. The facts were right in front of me but the truth was right there inside of me. Mm. And I remember reading this quote over and over again because it's just so raw and so real and there's just so much truth behind it. Mm. I think it just tells us that we need to look inside and not outside of ourselves for the answers. Mm. And we need to start listening to that voice inside of us again, what we call, you know, our intuition. And at the moment, we just seek so much outside validation you know, even just from social media, on our phones, we're constantly looking for other people to answer our own questions. Yes. And we really, really need to go back to the basics and actually find the answers within ourselves. Mm. And I think we can all say that when we've had to make, you know, a big decision in life, we always lean on others. (laughs) We always, you know, ask other people for the answers that we want to know. And I mean, for me, I can that I've recently gone through this I've gone through changes at work recently and my role got changed quite a little bit and they proposed this role to me and it wasn't exactly something that I wanted to do and I knew straight away it wasn't something that I exactly wanted to do but I asked all the other people around me what I should do when in fact I knew exactly what I should do myself but I just wasn't really listening to my intuition straight away yeah that fear of making the wrong decision I know and I think that to find these right decisions and to look inside of ourselves we really need to find stillness in our lives and we need to have that white space in our calendars to be able to do this and which is something I think we're lacking so much of at the moment so much like creatively speaking you know we there's so much in in that white space that we've got you know we fill that void really quickly either with social things events or we fill it with Instagram and Facebook and an endless to-do list and when really we can use that time to be creative again and we can put the technology down and we can pick up a book or we can go for a walk with no music we don't need music to walk you don't need a podcast in your ears to go for a walk and enjoy it but it's like society's encouraged us to do these things and now we feel like we can't do that without the other. That's that so sense. true and I feel like it has been even more evident in this year with, you know, the amount of uncertainty there has been and we were forced and, you know, Melbourne and the people in Victoria are still forced to be completely, you know, still and completely slow down and we, I feel like I wanted to or I did have so many key takeaways from that experience but to be honest I feel like I'm just going back to where I was before that and I really do need to start implementing not filling up my calendar so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yep. setting boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. For me the first I think pinnacle moment was where she writes the epitome of womanhood is that when you're told you're selfless it is the best compliment you can receive. I burned the memo that defines selflessness as the pinnacle of womanhood, but first I forgave myself for believing that life for so long. I decided that the call of motherhood is to become a model, not a martyr. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. And, like, this one hit me in a profound way as a mother, as a daughter, as a mother with daughters. You know, we are raised with this conditioned belief that we must serve, please. And now culturally we're in this system of, 
boss mama where you've got to do it all, career, parent, be the best at both, be the Instagram mom, own the car, get the perfect photo, everything must be done with perfectionism. And something that I've prided myself on is my ability to be selfless, to make choices in my family dynamic, you know, that vow to make every single one of them happy, fulfilled, but then I'm leaving myself to last, if at all. And I think that Glennon really shifted that perspective for me because I've worn my selflessness as a badge of honour and my ability to take on everyone and everything at once. And when I'm successful at this, I've reached success. I am worthy. I'm good enough. But when I fail at doing it all, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good mother, wife. I'm not a good friend. And I've really measured my worth as a woman by my conditioned belief that serving and pleasing others before myself is of value. Um, you and I have always shared this personality trait, you know, people pleasing, being quite selfless. It's something that comes quite naturally to you <laughs> and I. I think anyone could contest to that. Um, is there a part of your life where you felt like this condition, your beliefs about yourself, like where did this come from for you? I think it came from my mum is a extremely selfless, soft-spoken um, beautiful person and I think that that selflessness has been ingrained in me from an extremely young age just from watching her and similar to you she would always put herself last and that's something that I guess I can watch from the sideline and watch you do that as well like you have this big family with lots of kids and a lot going on and it's so easy to put yourself at the bottom of that list yeah. even just um I got you a birthday present to get a facial <laughs> <laughs> and I was like have you got that facial yet remember and I like said I was going to mind Lola and Jesse and yeah. and you were like no 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 like I can't, don't have time and yeah. I was like I am booking you in it was like so 16 you. weeks later <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's just a little example but yeah. I I feel like you know, as a woman, it does probably come quite naturally and even more so for you as a mother. And I 100% um, agree with the quote that you said before. And I think Glennon says in the book something like, my children don't need me to save them. They need to see me save myself or they need to watch me save myself. Mm. And I 100% agree with this because I think that being deemed a good mum, society expects this and society expects you to give up your wants and your needs to martyr your children and rather than rather to suffer and to live your life for someone else, um, I'm not a mother yet, but I, I hope that I can do, take some of these things away that she does say because I think it's so important. Yeah, and I think that like even for my four kids, they're very different ages and different stages of life, but Jesse is 21 months and he's modelling the behaviours, whatever you know we do, he does, and he's doing it in his own cute toddler way, but just even the affection that me and my husband have for each other and I've really noticed lately that the girls are picking up on things like that like Jesse will come between us and stick our like put our heads together to kiss oh, like he wants so us cute. to kiss and then we kiss him and then he kiss, like and then we have to kiss and then he, we kiss him again <laughs> and so it's just cute. like he's watching he's Aww. taking in everything he's and so impressionable at the age that he's I on. know and even this morning um me and Steve my husband are going out for a date night tonight and Raquel who is 10 she made a comment why did I have a spray tan on and I was like oh me and daddy are going out tonight she goes I didn't know that and she was like quite shocked she goes where are you going what for and I said oh we're just having a date and she goes wow it's been so long since you and daddy have gone out just you and daddy Aww. and I was like oh that's cute but 
it just showed that they're really taking in everything that we're displaying. Oh, absolutely. Like that, they must be so observant of you guys to be <laughs> yeah. able to notice that you haven't had that time for yourself in such a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's all well, obviously it all changes when you have kids and oh, um, you'll feel that shift <laughs> soon, I hope. Soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, getting there. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. And then ne- one of the next things that Glennon writes that just spoke to me in, yeah, in waves was. A woman becomes a responsible parent when she stops being an obedient daughter. Mm, I like, feel like I, I don't, I guess, I resonate with it, but I feel like I'll even more so when I do have children, yeah. obviously, because you do, you do still seek, well, I mean, I still seek that validation from my parents and I'm 28 years old. Yes. You know, if I, it, you know, I want their validation or I want them to be proud of me still and I guess that does come from being a bit of an obedient daughter as Glennon would say yes and I mean my I don't make decisions and if my mum doesn't agree with my decisions and I know she doesn't agree I feel uncomfortable oh absolutely even if I know in my intuition that I'm doing the right thing for Mm -hmm. me and my family if my mum's like I don't agree with that I would do that I'm just like oh oh." (laughs) it kind of like takes (laughs) you back to when you were a little kid and you almost which is so funny isn't it yeah it's bizarre that we we are so influenced still by our parents, even as adults. And, you know, we move out of home, we make all these financial decisions on our own, but our mums are still who we answer to, basically. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And my dad for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think overall, it's obviously such an important message, but from a mother's perspective, you know, be a good girl, be a good boy. Girls wear pink, boys wear blue. Girls don't play this sport or boys don't play this sport. And it's like, I think society's taking a really long time to change and it's still quite new for a lot of mums and and families and dads in particular um, to, you know, young boys wearing female tendency colours. But we need to look at that and encourage, not put it down or degrade young boys because they're wearing pink or they want to play with the My Little Pony doll. Like who gives a shit what they're playing with? They're happy. If a girl's playing with a truck, you don't see any fathers going, no, don't play with that. No, not not at all. (laughs) Not at all. And, yeah, I just think that we need to encourage young girls whilst, yes, there's such thing as good behaviour and bad behaviour, don't encourage them to do things because you're a girl or a boy. Yeah, I could not agree more. Mm. um now what was the next thing that really impacted you in the book what came up for you for me I am someone who is very good at suppressing my feelings um or emotions probably not towards my partner but towards everyone else (laughs) (laughs) um so she did say something in the book it was she said I did not know that I was supposed to feel everything I just thought I was supposed to feel happy And oh gosh, I can resonate with this so much. It just really hits home for me. And it is frustrating that society puts so much pressure on us feeling good and being happy and being positive all of the time. Mm. And it's just unrealistic. The highlight reel, like we are literally living our lives on social media and it's always seen as this highlight reel. And we only post the best of the best. And that's everyone. And then we're getting on there and we're submerging ourselves in social media, getting lost in that scroll hole, which I've talked about before, but this scroll hole that we, you know, we engulf in our brains. Um, And then, yeah, we're walking away and we're like, well, why don't I feel this way? Exactly. And there's just as many situations where we feel sad and mad and angry and frustrated 
but those aren't reflected on these social media platforms Mm -hmm. or even in some conversations or most conversations that we have with the people around us. Mm. Yes, and I think that we all became really good at saying when someone asks, how are you? Good, thanks, how are you? And that's it. There's no, oh, I'm not doing that great or I had a rough week, but how are you going? We're too scared to show that because that shows weakness and that's us being the martyr, not the model, again, for our kids because... They're turning around and saying, good, thanks, how are you? Even if they were just crying in the car. Which is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, you know, people numb these feelings or people suppress them by keeping busy what we were talking about earlier before and doing all these things that stop us from actually feeling the feels. I've recently started to see a um, kinesiologist. Did you? She is incredible. I actually don't think I've told you this. Um, She is incredible. And a huge thing that came up for me was that I do suppress my emotions. My head and my soul is super disconnected from my body and so something that I'm really trying to work on at the moment and work with her is shifting that state and really just feeling all the feels so how do you shift that state like what's she showing you well practice for me it is I meditate daily and I do meditate daily because I went in there going you know I really do put a lot of effort into my health and well-being. So I do have a daily meditation practice and, you know, but for me I think sometimes that I just tick it off the box because it's something that I need to do instead of actually going, you know what, I don't really feel like it right now. I will come back to it when I want to a little bit later. And I think that even though I thought that I was, you know, practicing all these things, um, meditation and manifestation and she actually said my number one thing was that I struggle to breathe properly. I hold my breath in situations because when I hold my breath, it's stopping me from feeling those bad emotions that I don't want to be feeling. I, sorry, I actually shouldn't say that they're bad emotions. They're not bad emotions. They're just other emotions yeah. besides happy and positive and fun. And, you know, I, I suppress them, which is so, so detrimental to my health. Like, because, you know, I care for my health physical health so much but it's my emotional and my mental health that I really really need to start caring more for absolutely and I think anyone that's crossed your paths would say that you are the brightest person in the room like you know you're always so positive and you know super mindful and connected to what you're doing physically all the time and I like definitely resonate where you said about um, meditation being something to tick off the list because like I literally, when I meditate, it's on my to-do list. I've got a time limit. I set the time. I sit there. I close my eyes. I breathe. And I'm like, okay, I'm (laughs) I'm actually counting numbers in my head. Like I'm not meditating. I'm just counting to 200 or whatever until it ends. And um, something that I found, uh, we're just digressing a little bit now, but anyway, um, Nicola Lay is a breathworks facilitator. And she taught me when I was pregnant with Lola towards the end of my pregnancy, she gave me some really incredible breathing techniques. And I'm Nicola offers courses and a lot of different educational tips for breath work but those two and the um how do you say kinesiologist kinesiologist (laughs) um those two would go so well together like they would in that because you're just feeling your emotions you're bringing it all to the surface and basically dealing with the shit that you've suppressed inside of you for so long and it is hard like when I walk out of there I am super drained because I am like feeling all the emotions and then so I guess because I connect that draining feeling when I am like feeling these emotions so then sometimes it's easier just not to go down that path because Mm. it's it's exhausting sometimes you know you're drained you're exhausted so yeah I was listening to a podcast recently um a woman I follow her name's 
Courtney McCarty, um, and she is a mum. She lives in Queensland, and she was um, featured on a podcast this week. I think it's called Mummy Republic, and she was saying how she started seeing a psychologist. I think um, a few months after her second girl was born, and she didn't want to deal with what was coming up, so she stopped, and then she started again recently, and she's finally dealt with the shit that's come up. And now she's leaving happy. Like she was leaving feeling drained, miserable. It was so frustrating. She All these these emotions were coming up for her that were negative emotions and they were taking over her day and utilising all of her energy. But now that she's worked through that, she's leaving feeling relieved and positive and free. And oh, I think that's like I love that. so incredible if you can find and utilise mindfulness tools to bring that out of you even though you've got to go through the rocky parts to get there. It's so worth it. Oh, it's so worth it because I know when I am in – I guess like a good meditative state I it's called trantic meditation and you actually feel like you're out of your body Mm. it's insane like so I know that I guess when I quickly am trying to like do it I'm never going to get into that state because I'm not giving myself the space to be able to feel like that yeah right Mm. I don't think I've ever been in that state really I've been hypnotized once which was like when I was 16 which is a story for another day um (laughs) but I definitely have not been in tranquilic state (laughs) it's um it's interesting it's so amazing I, yeah. yeah it's amazing oh. okay just going back to Glennon um, and <laughs> Untamed we did um go off on a little tangent there um the next thing for me that came up and I think you would definitely resonate with this is she writes it's not the cruel criticism from the people that hate us that shakes us from our knowing it's the quiet concern from those that love us this scent shivers up my spine I feel like I've spent my entire adult life being shaped by the quietly concerned loved ones and, you know, the ones that I have placed in the loved one circle that I've let my walls down for, whether or not they were good people to have around me, I'd still let my walls down for them and I still class them in that loved one circle and I've allowed their judgment of me, I guess, decide for me what path I want to take in so many aspects of my life. So it just... That where she wrote that, that just was like, oh my God, that is me. I know. it's. I think it even goes back to what we were saying before about like seeking that validation mm-hmm. from people around us instead of, I guess, looking on the inside. Yeah. Um, and I think that the fear of judgment has been huge and in every aspect, especially with, you know, even just this podcast, the fear of judgment of those I love. And it was never about the people I don't know. It was always about the people that I value and I value their opinions. And something that um, a girlfriend of mine, Rebecca, recently, um, we were talking about this on a live on Instagram and she was like, fuck them. Like name those people, put those people's faces in front of you and if you feel judged by them, get rid of them. They're not your people. Move them away from that that space. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I actually recently have had this same conversation with a girlfriend and she's in a place where um, she wants to, I guess, take her career to the next level. And she's so scared of what the closest people around her think of her that she stops herself from uh, like taking that next step, which I mean, for me looking to her, it's just so insane because one, half those people probably don't even care or some of them might not even be looking. But I just think it's so important not to let it ever be a barrier to stop you from doing the things that you really want to do 100 and if you feel it like your your intuition is telling you to do something stop worrying about the, what people are thinking because 
you know, something Brene, Brene Brown says is there's a story you're telling yourself and a story they're telling themselves. And most people aren't watching what no, you do. Most people aren't watching it. Most people don't really care either. No. <laughs> as bad as it is, every, honestly, everyone, I guess, wants wants to show their own story and wants to tell their own story and really just cares about their own story exactly exactly and they're going to cheer you on the right people are going to cheer you on and clap you along the way and the wrong people if they've got something negative to say about it then they're not your people Mm. they're not supposed to be in your life a hundred percent no and i have learned that the last 10 years (laughs) (laughs) definitely have um what was the last thing that really stood out for you Um, it was the quote that she said, and it was that being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because you're doing it right. I know. That's so good. I know this, when I read this, it, I actually decided that this was a bit of an affirmation that I wanted to continually remind myself because life is not supposed to be easy. It really isn't. And if it is easy, maybe you're not challenging yourself. Um, maybe you need to find something that's a little bit more rewarding. Maybe you do need to step outside of your comfort yes, zone. Yes, you're sitting in your comfort zone. Yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, that definitely. Yeah, because it really isn't supposed to be easy. No, I don't think it's supposed to be easy. But I think that, again, socially, we've been encouraged now for the last decade of social media taking such a big part in all of our lives we've got to show up online and be perfect it's perfectionism at its finest like everyone's got this expectation of each other that you have to show up in a certain way um and I think that needs to change it really does it really does and I think this book is a such a great step and I highly highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it because I just got so many takeaways. I will have this on my bookshelf or keep it in my Kindle for <laughs> and I hopefully can read it every so often because yeah. I feel like I, the, the next time I read it, I'll just get even more out of it. Yeah, I actually listened to it on Audible oh. um, a couple of times and her voice... Oh, it's so soothing, isn't it's it? It's so soothing and I honestly thought it must have been a voiceover and she mustn't have had a nice voice because oh, she was no. so soothing. And then so I went on soothing. her Instagram and Glennon just is a powerhouse of wisdom she has lived a million lives that's how it feels because she is is just a creative she is so in tune with her emotional frequency um and you know she's just an empowering woman i love 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 her um just digressing a little bit how has untamed impacted you to now like do you feel like this has influenced your journey in your womanhood i suppose Definitely. And I think probably the biggest key takeaway for me was to stop seeking that outside validation Mm -hmm. and to really look inside because at the end of the day, we all know what the right answer is. Mm -hmm. It's just we're not feeling that or we're not tapping into our intuition. We're not letting our allowing ourselves to feel those feelings. Totally. And I think for me, it's definitely to look at being a model, not a martyr um, and not suppressing how I feel, letting those feelings come up, no matter what they are, dealing with those feelings. You know, sometimes you have a really hard day being a stay-at-home mum with two babies under two and then I've got the girls from school and sometimes my husband does get home late and he'll walk in the door and I've got all this suppressed resentment for the man (laughs) and I'm in a filthy mood and he's just coming home to his family and he's been hard at work all day and dealing with all sorts of different things and problems and here I am in a filthy mood but it's like, no, I need to deal with my resentment. Why am I resentful? I'm yeah. resentful because it's hard and it's okay to be hard. It's okay and it's okay to say it out loud as well mm. because his day was probably just, you know, hard as yes. well. So it's okay yeah. to say it. Yeah, absolutely. So Ames, 
just to close out this conversation, I need to get a bit of inside-out tradition into the combo. <laughs> so um, I know you'll have a good one for me. What is something or some things that you do every day that are non-negotiable that take care of you from the inside out? Oh, look, there is many of things that I could probably tell you because I really do try to make it a priority. Mm. Um, but some little things that I exercise every day, which is a non-negotiable. Yep. I um, either go to the gym or go to a Pilates class. I have been working from home for, I think it's been six or seven months now. It's been insane. And working from home and being at home all the time, I've really had to learn how to separate my work life and my home life. So every lunchtime I go for a walk around the block. It's only 15 minutes, but it just kind of resets me and um, puts me in a good mood, ready for the afternoon. I also do some weird little things in the morning. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm excited for this one. Yep. I um, do coconut oil pulling, which for anyone who doesn't know, I swish coconut oil with um, two drops of um, peppermint essential oil around in my mouth before the gym. And it just really like cleanses my mouth. But before I do that, I scrape my tongue. Every single morning, religiously, and I've actually got my partner onto it too lately, and he's loving it. You got me on the tongue scraping for a little while. Yeah, I cannot leave the house before going to the gym now without doing it. Like it's like a religious (laughs) thing. (laughs) And then the other ones are that I have since actually um, pre-COVID, I have started journaling every day. Love it, which I love, Mm. and I really um, one. It's amazing because I feel like it's really helped me with my creative mind. You know, writing different things just saying how writing down what I'm feeling so I've been loving that and also I thought it was kind of cool to document the process of um, COVID because I feel like looking back on that in years to come it'll be cool to have something to look back on yeah and then another one is that I I meditate every day yeah Yeah. those they're so good they're so good I need to get back to the tongue tongue scraping scraping. um I'd like to try the coconut pulling I've never done it yeah I don't know I, I don't know why I've chosen that one but it just makes me feel good and I think the peppermint it's refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining no, me today. Thank you. It's that been was so fun. fun. It Unpacking was. Untamed. I love, love it. it. For anyone who is listening and hasn't read or listened to the book yet, go and do it. I'll put all the details in the show notes. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. And one more thing. I think you should definitely check out Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle's podcast that they did together. On oh, Brene's yes. podcast. I think it was Unlocking You. Yeah. Yep. It was us. insane. Yep. I'll put that Highly in the show recommend. notes as well. It was epic. I loved it. Thanks, right, Ames. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.